Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I'm happy that you're here. I hope you're doing well in the midst of all this craziness. If you're listening to this years from now and you know something that the rest of us don't, it's October 2020. Before I forget, I'm going to throw this in right at the beginning. I'm now on Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W. For as little as $3 a month, you can help contribute to the support of this podcast and the growth of this podcast, um, as well as as my music career. I put out all kinds of original music. In fact, I have some things that I'm putting out only on Patreon, not for the general public. I'm also doing breakdowns of chord progressions and lyrics and all kinds of all kinds of perks for people signing up for my Patreon. That's the way of the future. People are on Patreon, artists are on Patreon. That's how we're um, helping to helping to make our income so that we can continue to make music on the highest level. That'll be in the show notes. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Andy S-Y-D-O-W if you'd like to support. Thank you very much for considering. Anyhow, I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm actually just sitting in the home studio recording monologues all afternoon because I took quite a bit of time off, uh, you know, middle to end of the summer and uh, in the start of the fall here. So it's taking some time to rejuvenate before uh, releasing more episodes and get some interviews done too. So I'm sitting here getting some monologues knocked out. My guest today is Alex Rhodes. I'm very excited to have him on the podcast. He's somebody who... I, I don't even remember who he got my name from, but he shot me a text or a call at some point, and we got together for coffee. Um, he was just picking my brain about some stuff, and then I started picking his brain about some stuff, and we hit it off. And so we try to grab lunch you know, every couple months or so, but that hasn't happened in quite some time with everything happening. But yeah, we, we hit it off well. Our personalities mesh well together, and we became we became buddies. So... Alex has been releasing songs consistently leading up to his uh, new EP, Hometown Rootage, and he's doing lots of promotion locally. He's he's doing everything he can to make a run at this music thing, and he's a daddy. He's got two kids at home. Um, he's not 25. He's not an old guy, but he's not 25. He's in that situation, and we talk about it a lot, where he's got, in in the interview, where he's got a family... And he's making the music career thing work for him, too. The new EP is great. I've heard most of it. And it is out this month, October. Hometown Rootage, once again. I don't know what day in October, because at the time of this monologue, October 1st, he might have himself a very nice review from a a very credible Americana uh, press outlet. And so... I can't say what what that is right now if if it happens, but it might delay the release of his EP by a couple weeks, depending on what they want to do with it. So all I can say is that Hometown Rootage will be out sometime October 2020, and as you're listening to this episode, it might currently it might currently be out. If not, it'll be out shortly. Um, and we're actually going to hear a song off the EP, one of the singles entitled "Break My Heart." It's a great song. He's got the Americana vibe, the folky, the singer-songwriter thing going on, which is exactly what I do. It's exactly what I like to listen to. So I love his music. I love his tunes. And uh, and we have a great conversation about about the industry and being a parent and, and doing the music thing and where he grew up and everything in between. I'm looking back through my notes right now because it's been so long since the actual conversation. Usually the turnaround is very quick, but with the season break um, between season two and the start of season three, I recorded several episodes and and then just archived them. So anyhow, quick thanks to the sponsors, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or restoration needs, you can go to www.pqmastering.com. We also have Narrator RF. For simple and affordable music on licensing for sync, look no further than uh, Narrator Music, excuse me, narratormusic.com. That's enough of me blabbing. Let's jump into my conversation with Alex Rhodes.
All right. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the Andy Sitto podcast. Yeah. Middle class rock star. <laughs> That's it. That's the. I'm gonna have you do the introduction from now on. <laughs> um, well, it's really good to see you. I know we sort of we were making a point to get lunch every every couple months, and we haven't done that uh, in you know in 2020 probably. Yeah, I think yeah. I've been scared to leave the house. So. <laughs> and you and you have been. You were telling me. I mean. I, there's a, people that are on different levels of being careful and there are people uh, you know I, I've certainly seen in Douglas County and, and stuff when I go teach on that they've thrown all caution to the wind too so you are further on you're more uh, on the safe side of the safe scale correct? Yeah I'm a, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac so <laughs> I, uh, I, I've never liked germs which is always been kind of difficult so this situation has been difficult for me but um yeah i mean with the kids and with my wife it's also been kind of nice because we just kind of hang at home and that's been a, a nice family time at least that's good and and you did finally get rid of your kids this week you were saying right they started school this week so um yeah we're fingers crossed everything goes well there and yeah, it's been interesting because they've most of the time been home with us so watching a seven-year-old and a four-year-old go through the mental struggles that this brings on has been it's been a good uh good content for writing <laughs> really good 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 well so who hates who more the, do the parents hate the kids or do the kids hate the parents um they they get tired of us pretty quickly you know <laughs> So it might be them liking us <laughs> more. Uh, well, I'm really glad uh, you're able to sit down and chat with me. And I feel like there's so many interesting storylines here um, to chat about. And, and one of the main things I want to uh, touch on is that you are, you're a dad. You have two kids that are, that you said are seven and four. And you're really going for the music thing and you're doing, uh, you've got an EP coming out October 16th and you're going at some of these release strategy things for the first and second time. And I really want to dig in with you and talk about how it's been going, how you're doing it. Um, and also how, how your strategy might be different from a 19 year old doing, trying to do the same thing, you know, with, with yeah. two um, <laughs> so let's, let's start off with, with this new EP. It's coming out October 16th. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Um, this is a, a great story. <laughs> I, uh, I recorded this actually three years ago um, with some buddies of mine from college. We were in a band and one of my buddies has a studio in his, in his house in New York. So I flew there and recorded it. We hired a producer um, hired a drummer and it was, it was a super fun weekend. And I had these songs that I had written, got them done. And then I just kind of sat on it um, for, for no reason other than I knew I wanted to do something with it, but I didn't have time. I was, you know, I was working 50, 60 hours a week, got kids, the whole thing. And um, so I kind of got things set up in a way to, to release it. And I was, I wanted to do it right. So I did. All right. I hope I am. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There, there'll be that long list in a few weeks that you'll put aside for next time, and so on and so forth. So, you is does this feel like the right time? Do you feel prepared to put it out? Um, I think first it doesn't really matter if I'm prepared because it's yeah. going out. So I think it. I mean, it feels like the right time for me. Like I. I'd gotten everything lined up for what I wanted to do. And I made this obscenely long sheet in Google sheets of like, here's what you do today. Just go do it. And it's been my tick list every morning, just wake up and do those things. So it feels right. And um, yeah, it feels good. How much planning have you put into it in terms of the, the spreadsheets and stuff? Three years. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
the planning you know i sat down for two days and just i read you know i think a lot of musicians we read all the blogs and listen to the podcasts of folks like here's how you do it here's how you release it and so i did that for a number of weeks and then sat down for about two days and just made my list of when you do this you know two weeks after this you're going to do that and i just sorted the, the date list so it took about two days to really organize the next four months for me but it's been a godsend because otherwise i'd be clueless have you stuck to it pretty well pretty much i've i've marked off the things that i know i haven't done with red just so i can go back and say you didn't do this why didn't you do this and i try to put notes in like I was lazy that day or it just feels sleazy or whatever. You know, let's, let's jump into that a little bit. So what, (laughs) not necessarily what feels sleazy, but maybe um, I, I have that issue where I make a list because I watch somebody's YouTube video who seems to know what they're talking about. And then you go look at it and you're like, do I really have to do that? Why would I do that thing? Um, What were some of those for you? Um, a lot of it's just Facebook posts, like, you know, because you, some of the, the, the items that I listed out were like, you know, share a funny commercial that you think is funny with your audience. And some of it I copied and pasted and I read that, like my audience, like that just seems dirty. Like you're, you're my friends. Hopefully we're into the same kind of music. Um, you know, we're, we're buddies on this. So a lot of it's just been Facebook posts or things where I feel like I'm asking people for things that it doesn't feel authentic, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And have you done anything differently? Have you, have you taken any of these strategies and twisted them a little bit to make them authentic the way that the way it feels authentic to you? If I have time. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that I would have done a little bit differently. Well, like I'm, I'm crowdsourcing uh, a video right now for um, hometown rootage, the single it's coming out in September. And I'm just asking folks like, Hey, send me pictures of your hometown or videos of your hometown and trying to put a spin on it where it's not just me making a video, which is also fun. And I think, you know artistically satisfying but this is more like this is about you and i the song's about you know hometown so what is what does that mean to you and trying to trying to get people interested in it you know hopefully it's something that resonates with with you there's i've seen you know and i to be honest part of it i i copped from josh ritter i saw him do this video too and i thought it was super cool the way he did it and it I sent him a picture because I was like, yeah, man, I like what you do. Here's a picture of my hometown. I hope you include it in the video. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's a, that's a good concept um, for a music video. I realized I usually start with a uh, person introduction and we just sort of jumped into it, which is <laughs> uh, to take a step back. Um, and, and I led into this question by or into this request by the name of your ep that you just mentioned hometown rootage um and it made me think it made me wonder what's under the covers uh so give us a quick introduction of who you are and where you're from sure um i'm alex rhodes uh i live in denver i am from north carolina a real rural town called franklinville it's in the middle of the state about a thousand people um and yeah, I grew up, my dad's family's really musical. My dad played guitar, um, church and different functions growing up. So I always watched him play guitar and his family gatherings. We always sing and play guitar. So I was always interested in that. I was in a band in high school, in a band in college. And uh, then I took off after college and moved to Denver. And I, I kind of went through a, a dry spell for a while of not really playing, not really writing and um then in my late 20s, early 30s, I got into, I figured out that I didn't have to write songs about heartache all the time. <laughs> Cause I was yeah. like, I'm a relatively happy 30 year old. I'm married and things are pretty good for me. <laughs> um, so I got, <laughs> no one wants to hear me whine about some girl. Right. Um, so I started getting more like storytelling and writing and, um, and it got me interested in music again. So I've started playing more. And it's been it's been like that ever since, yeah. Yeah. 
I think also having kids, I had the realization that kids will take all of the energy you allow them to have. Um, so for me, I knew this was important to me. So I needed to block block off time for this. Because if I don't do this, for whatever reason, I just become a miserable person. It's like this outlet that it has to happen. Um, so it, it forced me into like, okay, if you really want to do this, you need to make the time to do it and take it seriously. And quit writing sad breakup songs. <laughs> Everybody likes that sad breakup song. Um, <laughs> well what's the end goal let me jump to that then and we'll come back into all this what's the end goal for you 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 came you came back at it late 20s early 30s you you have a family you had a career what what's the end goal of all this for you yeah that's a that's a great question (laughs) because i think especially in my early 30s i had no idea i was like i like doing this i can get a show here and there or play an open mic and it satisfies whatever it is inside me and then it became well i kind of want more and my wife is just like the most supportive person ever i I lucked out there so she was like if you want to take it seriously you know here are some things that you should probably do and i was like you're probably right um and for me the end goal and that's why i like your podcast you know middle class rock star can i can i just make a, a decent living doing this yeah yeah and, and that doesn't mean you know being the taylor swift and having millions of streams it's can i can i just make a decent income and what is this for you is it anything in music or is it specifically touring and playing original music is it not touring and playing original music what is what is this for you it's touring and playing original music and i'd love to do sync and get into film and movies um i play this americana vibe so that's a really really niche market right now in sync um yeah right but that would be it just to sustain a reasonable income to support a family um or help support a family yeah and you know, it's interesting that you asked about just being involved in music. I <laughs> I started, I was in marketing for banking, and then I ended up, um, we moved to the mountains for a while, and I worked for a newspaper, and then I came back and I was working for the symphony, and then I went back to working for a media company, and then I went to work for a music therapy company. So, like, there was always this draw for me to music, and I could just, I, it took me until I was 40, I guess, to figure it out. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize you worked with all these organizations that were music-based. Yeah, except for banks. <laughs> but yeah, sure. <laughs> but the events we put on were great, you know? We, we did some events at the uh, Botanic Garden, so I got to go to shows there. Wow, wow, that's neat. So, jumping back into the EP, have we jumped around enough people? Are yeah, you right, I'm, sorry, us I, I'm not sticking to any script at all. You know what? I usually uh, go in some sort of a um, in order, and t- and today I haven't. So, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> but, no, that's fine with me. Yeah, we're jumping around back back to the release, October fifteenth, sure. hometown rootage. Yeah. Uh, let's get into your release plan a little bit more. I know we've touched on it a little bit, but what what is the base? Pl- what is the release plan sort of been rooted around? Yeah, the base, the plan for that has been, you know, I have these five songs and um, I spent a reasonable amount of money recording it. So I wanted to do something with it so that people could hear it and get some feedback on it, if nothing else. So the plan has been five songs, release three, one a month with a video the following week. So I released the song and, you know, I, I talk about here's what the song's about. I've been releasing these interview videos, which you were a part of one of them, which is great, where it's just people asking questions, anything from serious to completely off the wall, um, just to give people some a kind of a concept of like what the song is about, what I'm about as a person, and then release the song. And then a week later to two weeks later, release a video, which I'm filming in my garage. <laughs> what's what's the premise for the for the video in your garage? Um, for Break My Heart, it was really 
I, I, I like time-lapse videos because one, I think they're cool and two, it's really easy to do. Yeah. So it was me kind of building this broken heart and then some cutaways to me playing the song. Um, for Bridge Across the Ocean, it is um, similar concept where I'm mailing this bridge and a map to someone across the ocean it's it's a breakup song. I ended up making a breakup song, even though it's it's my rule to not do that. Um, so it tells that story, and then I, I have a green screen. So just for fun, I've been messing around with the green screen and different backgrounds on that, and you know, just singing in front of that for some cutaways. And then for hometown rootage, it's all about getting people to send send me what's important to them about their hometown. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got these, you've got the three singles, the full EP, and you've got a video for your three singles. How, what approach are you taking to get it out, uh, to get the songs out to people? Um, there's the release plan, obviously, but are you targeting certain blogs? Are you targeting non-com radio? What's your approach there? Yeah, I've been sending some stuff out to Submit Hub. Um, I made a mistake, especially on the first one with Submit Hub, and applied to the big dogs because you know i i want that validation quickly and i did not get any validation it was it was pretty critical um so for the the second one i'm i'm using submit hub again to send out to some uh blogs that i'm more likely to get on and um along with some spending some money on facebook um and you know your basic email facebook posts but the money that i'm spending is really submit hub and facebook and submit hub for our listeners who have not heard the episode or want to go back and listen to it. I got to chat. Great with episode. Yes, it it really is because I uh, got the CEO of submit hub to teach me how to use his website. And that was really cool. Uh, it's episode. Gosh, I want to say like 37 or something. I don't know off the top of my head, but I interviewed Jason Grishkoff, who's the founder and CEO of Submit Hub, and he does all the programming and stuff too. He's this cool South African dude. And we actually, if you watch on YouTube, go through the website and submit a song together. And I think that maybe the only reason I got accepted to the very first blog I submitted to was because I did it on the podcast. And I wrote in the comments, like, you're on the air right now, dude, with Jason. And he was probably like, I should probably put this song. <laughs> I should probably do that. <laughs> You know, you take what you can get. <laughs> so you submitted for some, uh, and Submit Hub uh, is a place for folks that don't know where you can submit your song for a Spotify playlist or a blog, or you can submit it to Instagram influencers to feature your song. So it's a great outlet for artists to get heard and get get blog coverage, which is important now. Um, as important now as ever, I think, to have your name popping up on the the top of the search engine so you said you went for some big blogs and did they did they like say things back they say bad things back yeah i got a couple back one was um the vocals are pretty shaky um which you know okay that that hurts but fair and then another one said hurts and hoods you know whatever <laughs> uh another one said um Break My Heart has to be the least original title for a song ever. Oh my gosh. So, and and I agree, you know, it is, it isn't that original, but I don't know what else you would call that song because the chorus is Break My Heart. So, you know, it's catchy. It's catchy. Yeah. And uh, whatever. Fuck them. Yeah. Critics, that's their job, right? Their job is to tell me to do better. And my job is to. I guess do better so, so yeah right right so what uh where would you feel accomplished after putting these out what would be the thing where you'd be like okay these got the traction i wanted them to um realistic obviously you know um wh where do you hope that these songs get you what would be a success with these songs for you yeah i think <laughs> you're asking at an interesting time because right now i'm like when I am just done getting this out, I'm going to feel accomplished, um, regardless of what the stats are in the metrics. Ultimately, getting to, and this sounds 
for people who are not musicians who listen to this, this this will be sounds sad, but you know, getting above that one thousand or under one thousand threshold on Spotify, right? Just, just getting that social proof and validation that yeah, a thousand people plus have listened to this, that is big for me. And then I did get twenty five hundred views on the uh, Break My Heart video, which isn't you know astronomical, but for me, it's just a metric that I can say 2,500 people at least saw three seconds of that. And I feel good about that. Um, it's kind of crazy when you talk about metrics of three seconds, <laughs> you're like, that's a success. Right. But right. That's the, that's the reality of, of and what it is. I'm always interested in the percentage of people that watched like three quarters of it or more. Exactly. And did you do, did you pay for, pay for ads to get that video out there to more people? I did. And you know, I mean, I spent, I want to say like 25 bucks to get 2,500 three second views. And I think it was, I think 300 of those were 75% plus. So that to me, big success, you know, I can back it I can back into the math. I'm not going to, but it's less than a dollar to get somebody to watch a full video and that's good in my book. Yeah. Yeah. People, people talk about cost per click a lot. And, and for me, I, that I, maybe I'm not smart enough for the statistic, but I always want to know how much does it cost for, for someone to watch it 75% of the way through and how do you get that cost down? Yeah. yeah. How do you get that down? Exactly. And I think, you know, from what I know from past jobs and from listening to podcasts, it's just going back to those same people. You know, you you found the 300 people who have watched this video most of the way through. Guess what? I got another video. And, yep. you know, do 200 of them watch that most of the way through? Okay, well, now I got 200 people that must give some sort of shit about what it is I do. Yeah, which is huge. That's 200 people. If 200 yeah. people showed up at your next show in Denver, you'd be pretty stoked. I would be beyond stoked, yeah. Yeah, That's and did you do that advertising directly through YouTube or did you do that on Facebook ads platform? Straight through Facebook ads platform. And you directed people to the video on Facebook or did you direct it to YouTube? I did it through the video on Facebook because okay. Facebook does, they don't play nice with YouTube. I mean, they're right. direct competition, especially now. Um, so yeah, it was straight through Facebook. I have stuff on my YouTube. I, I've just focused on Facebook to this point because I, building up subscribers on YouTube is something completely foreign to me. That'll be next release hopefully yeah later later down the line so what's it like um i you you've t we've touched on this a couple times already but i want to talk about um being a dad in all of this um you mentioned they take up every bit of energy you allow them to and i thought it was funny you phrased it like that um <laughs> because you're you're saying that you do have the power to take a little bit of that back um <laughs> yeah it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me sound like a bad person? It's not meant to. No, no. <laughs> makes you sound realistic. <laughs> no, I think, you know, it's like, it's like with any job or anything else. It's just boundary setting. It's, you know, they're going to get up at 6.30 or 7 in the morning. I'm going to struggle to get up at the same time, get breakfast made, get them to school. And then, you know, I have until four o'clock and then from four o'clock until eight o'clock when they're in bed it's full on all hands on deck we're eating dinner we're doing all that stuff so then from eight o'clock until you know i have time to spend with my wife and i have time to play music and then maybe catch some tv i don't really i a few years ago i just stopped watching tv because i got really into music and i really haven't gone back we watch a lot of sports but i don't I don't keep up with the like latest coolest TV shows. Yeah, you got to sacrifice somewhere. Yeah. And you and you sacrificed Ozark to be a musician. So I did I I have not seen that show. I did though. I one time this guy in front of me on a plane was watching an episode and I could read the subtitles and I was like, "Damn, that's a really good show." Yeah, we we watched it when COVID started and uh 
good good lord it just took two full days and then i forgot about television again um and and so that that time uh spent parenting do you feel like you're still getting the amount of time you need to to do what you want to do and do you feel like maybe you're maximizing on efficiency better than a 19 year old version of yourself would have oh absolutely i I look at my 20s and I'm like, what, what was I doing? And then I remember a lot of times at bars, <laughs> a lot, full days at bars. So, um, so, you know, you, you deal with the time that you, we all have the same amount of time. So what can I do in between eight to midnight, really, um, every night? And, um, you know, now my schedule's completely different than it was when I was working a full-time job. Um, so I have time during the day now um, and trying to maximize that. Mm. Mm. How will that impact uh, your touring decisions? You know, if it, I know you haven't been able to go out on the road because none of us have yeah. uh, the last few months, but, and we'll see, you know, if spring 2021, we start seeing tours again from, from major artists, or maybe this is a time where it's just small ball, just the small artists are able to go out because it's just little clubs that are open. But how does having a family impact um, your touring? Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's part of having a very understanding spouse who, um, she's also fairly introverted, so she doesn't mind if I'm gone for a while um so it is that's a conversation that we've had and this was supposed to be like my big year of like i'm gonna go do this and i'm gonna get these these tours and i'm gonna be gone for a week and i'm gonna go to the middle of nowhere nebraska and play a show and i'll be you know living that life that i want to that i want to live for a week or two and then i'll be back home and she's very understanding with that and then turns out she has to hang out with me at home all the time (laughs) Um, so with the kids, you know, we have a good support community here of some good friends and, and who can help out if I'm not around for a couple of weeks, but, um, you know, that's, that's where the, the rubber really starts to meet the road of like, okay, how much money are you able to make from touring to be gone for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. And then what does that look like over the course of the year? Um, and that's when the conversations will really get interesting with my wife. <laughs> right. When you go out to Nebraska and are hemorrhaging money, exactly. <laughs> play your band or whatever. Are you going to try to go full band or solo or what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think I can do a combination of both. I really want to go full band. I, I love singer songwriters. I don't like going to those shows, but I know that I enjoy band shows a lot more. <laughs> so just from my personal experience, you know, and it just depends on what, what each show calls for. And then, you know, then it's orchestrating, and you know this way better than I do, orchestrating like, okay, full band show here, and then I can sneak over and get this show over here that night doing a solo gig and maybe pick up some money there. Well, and that's where the money happens. If you can play you know, a two hour request gig at the little restaurant down the street before the yeah. show or after the show. Because <laughs> um, it is tough to to come back and make money. I, I think the thing where I've struggled is we, we're going out on the road for three weeks and coming back and everybody's making money, not a ton, not as much as sitting at home and teaching 50 lessons a week, but yeah, some money, the band is making some money and you're all going out playing music, the tough thing is those gigs that are paying for a full band, uh, paying enough to support a full band, I mean, aren't necessarily those keynote gigs, right? Those are, you're not on a bill with a big local band. Those don't, yeah. you're playing uh, at a loud, messy bar where maybe nobody cares that you're playing and you and you have to make the best of that. So I, I know that's a tough thing with income too, you know, and with a band, but. I'm spitballing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, and you know this too, having your, your different sources of revenue coming in, if that's teaching music and touring and then any licensing. Um, and for me, 
I've started a business, an online business with my wife. So I have that revenue stream. So at least I feel like if I'm connected some way to something that's, that's pulling in a little more money, I, I at least can, can you steal that money from my wife to fund my, yeah, 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 yeah. My, my tours. No, not steal, but, um, and, and so it, when, at least for me, if I'm out for two months in a, in a perfect world, gone for two months touring and I'm not making a ton of money, at least I have this other revenue stream that I know is coming in from doing some online work for her business. So you're able to do some stuff um, remote yeah. you know, where you could plug in and work in McCall, Idaho for a day if you had to. Exactly. I'm yeah. seeing more and more musicians try to go to that format where they have some sort of a remote job. Um, and, and that's a cool thing too, cause you do, you do sort of need that, you know, that base. Yeah, absolutely. Espe uh, well, especially for me with kids, it's like, okay, I, I know what that's going to cost. So I've got to, <laughs> I know what it, th this number needs to be so that then I can go do these other things. Is there, is there a time and place for you or, you know, have you and Suzanne had a discussion where you've said, you know what, if five years from now this isn't doing what we think it's going to do you got to do something else or are you are you just going to keep doing it till it works out i mean is, have you even had this discussion yet maybe that's a silly question we haven't had like the three to five year plan i mean i think the uh the, the checking account will let us know before anything else does right 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 um so and it just it, it depends on this business that we've started, if that can meet our financial needs, then it is kind of, a, okay, this is your thing. And you want to, some people go play golf every weekend. You're going to go play music for a few weeks and then you'll be back home. Okay, great. That's fine too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've brought up licensing a couple times and that is a fantastic revenue stream for musicians. Um, have you made any connections in that world yet? Not yet. You know, I went to the Durango Songwriter Expo, um, which is a great way to meet those folks. And it's it's an interesting experience, too, because you, you're you sitting in a room. Have you been there? Uh, yes, I went to every one. I even went out to California for about four years straight. Oh, wow. But it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, the because uh, I was going to go to California this year, too, and then all the shit happened with COVID. Um but yeah, submitting that song in front of 20 other musicians and then you have two to three critics sitting up there telling you what you think, like that's a that's um, an interesting experience. <laughs> and it lets you know what you need to be doing production wise. So I haven't made those connections yet, but that's that's where I'm trying to, to get because those are the long-term dividends that will pay, you know, right. a couple hundred bucks a month maybe or Maybe right. it's just a couple hundred bucks a year, but at least it's a few hundred bucks a year. Well, and or you just get that right placement. Damn it. Wouldn't it be nice to just have that $5,000 placement, you know, so, like, and that's not even huge, but it would, you know, it would help for a few months. That one Nike commercial that needs an Americana backtrack, you know, like that's, that's, that's where I need to be. If Nike's going to use uh, that sort of a, an, an Americana song, you're going to have to put like an electronic beat and a banjo in it. <laughs> Do you play banjo? Not well. I have a banjo. <laughs> I own a banjo. Enough for a Nike commercial. Yeah, enough for a Nike commercial. Um, let's talk about you, you as an artist for a little bit. I know we have a lot of uh, similar influences and certainly similar tastes, and so we've been kind of drawn to each other in that way. Who – who do you like who's your who's your flavor yeah um well you and i have talked a little bit about josh ritter and i you know he's the guy that kind of brought me out of my funk in my 30s and it was a random i heard one of his songs on the radio it's the curse and at the end of the song he's it's all about this mummy like it's a crazy song it's crazy that this even got played on the radio it's all about a mummy who curses this uh, the woman who finds the mummy. And at the end, there's this twist in the story. And I, I caught the last verse and I was like, 
did he just do that in a song? I don't even know what the beginning of the song was, but he made this twist and that got me like, huh, maybe I could write about stuff like that instead of, again, heartbreak, breakup songs. If you, uh, if you remember off the top of your head, what, what was the twist? Um, the twist in the song is um, long ago on the ship, she asked why pyramids. Um, he said, think of them as an immense invitation. She asked, are you cursed? And he kissed her and hoped that she'd forget that question. So wow. it just leaves you with this, wait, what did he is cursed, but you didn't say it, you know, and it, and he does a lot of that in his writing that I just think it's really cool the way he weaves those stories in. No, that's, that's really neat. And I've, you've assigned me to listen to that song before. And so I've listened to a number of his stuff that you've sent over a number of his songs, but I'm going to go back and re-listen to that one in about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great song. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I love Josh Ritter. Joe Pug is another guy who's a singer songwriter and he's, he's more on the poet side. And I just think some of the lines that he creates, he just kind of twists things in 180 degrees. Um, yep. Big fan of his. He's Lord got a great is a, What's that? He's got a great podcast too. He uh, does, yeah. And he's what? had Josh Ritter on, the working songwriter. Yeah, and he his lead in is like, or it's just an opportunity to procrastinate, which is what songwriters are good. At. Yep, yep, for sure, for sure. Lord Huron. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Lord Huron. I think they do some cool stuff. That's it's Americana, but they bring in a lot of cool electronic aspects they use like um some digital drums and things like that and i've seen them live a few times those guys are great um ava brothers you know i mean if you're an americana artist you kind of have to and i'm from north carolina and so are they so and then you turned me on to rustin kelly i, right. I can't stop listening to that guy he's very cool he he uh, really I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what he was doing with his voice because I thought it sounded really cool. And we were talking about that the other day, but he's somebody um, actually, I think is a, a great example of a modern day artist because he, all these genres have been created before they've all these, you know, all of our influences have been tried, whatever he took classic Nashville singer songwriter and punk rock and he said, I'm going to take these two things and melt yeah. them, and that's going to be me. And we're seeing more and more artists take two totally different things that they're influenced by and put them together, and it's, I don't, it's insane. Well, it's, he kind of took the mashup concept and made it his own. Like, okay, you know, like the emo album that he did where he's singing these emo songs. I was like, oh, I like that song. Reminds me of when I was a young guy. <laughs> he did a great he does great versions of them too, you know. Yeah, well, and I didn't. You told me too that he's married to K Casey Musgraves, and I mean, her lyrics are unreal. I think she's an amazing songwriter. She's phenomenal. Although, although sadly, just a week or two ago, they announced they're getting divorced. Oh, well, that's a bummer. So love isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. If you're, they're if both you're, still excellent at their crafts. Yeah, they're both still excellent at their crafts. Who? So is Josh Ritter kind of your guy, though? When you picture yourself up on that big stage, is it similar to what you see in him? Yeah, I mean, I think if if I could pick like the career path, his would be it. He was in Ireland for a while. He developed a giant Irish fan base. He's a Northeastern guy from Boston. So he developed that fan base. And now, you know, he, he goes around and tours and he plays Red Rocks. And I don't know if he's headlined Red Rocks, but he's making a really good solid living doing something that artistically is very, very sound. So I, I just, I, yeah, I think his career trajectory and career path, like that would be perfect if I could, if I could pick one and just be like, oh, I'll just do what he did, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I I asked that question because I think we all have an artist, um, you know, though there's tons of influences, we all have that artist where you look at their career and you, and you say, man, if there's a way I could mirror it, 
And yeah. Who's yours? Mine's Anders Osborne. Okay. That's my guy. And, and it, it used to be Jackie Green in high school when I first saw him. And I thought, you know, he was opening for B.B. King at 22. So if I'm not doing that, my Total life failure. is a failure. And it, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, when I, I look at Anders and I look at his career and his life, right, and, and what he's what he's put together with his music. And, I, you know, I said, man, I want to be like, not not just like him. I have other influences and I'm my own person, but I look at his career. Um, he's he's that one for me, like like Josh Ritter is for you. Yeah. Um, but it's I, I always love hearing what that artist is for people. Um, but uh, let's see before we before we wrap up. Is there anything else? Uh, is there anything else you want to mention? Is there anything we forgot to dive in on? Um, I don't think so. No, I mean we didn't. Well, I guess we didn't really talk about you know leaving a steady job to yeah right right this has been the podcast with no order we're all over the place (laughs) you left a steady job to do music with two kids who are at an age that uh you know they're not in diapers anymore but they need a lot of attention yeah how did you do it um well (laughs) Part of it was somewhat forced. I, you know, not to repeat too much, but I worked at, I'd done marketing for 20 years, banking, media. I was a journalism major and um, kind of bounced around from banking, media, and music, which makes no sense. So anyone looking at that resume should be like, you're not doing what you should be doing. (laughs) Um, And the last job I had, it was a startup and we, I had, kind of got to the point where I was like, I think that I need to make a change and I don't know what that change is. And I talked to my wife about it and she was like, you should just take a month and figure that out. And so I was going in to put in my notice and they were like, we're selling the company. And I was like, oh, okay. So I wasn't going to have a job anyway. Um, so that sort of led to my wife had always wanted to start this business. I was going to have some time. So I started that with her cause I can do the back end of stuff for her and she wanted to do that so she could spend more time with the kids. And if I'm playing music, I'm around so I can help with pickups. And, you know, I play the Mr. Mom kind of role for a lot of stuff. And I think, you know, for me, you know, my, my parents helped me out and I went to a, I got a great education, but music was never an option. It was like, what are you going to major in that's going to get you a job? And I don't fault them at all for that. I mean, they're the ones paying for it right of course so there you know (laughs) i'm leaving this job to do something else where it's like oh you're probably going to take a 75 percent pay cut (laughs) and just be honest with myself and with my wife about what are our financial goals and what do we think we can do and i think that's really hard and that's if you're 19 or 20 it's like oh, who cares when you're when you start getting older i think you know you mentioned earlier being 25 30 like you're you're phasing it out of it and you got to be honest with yourself and there's some you know i can get all woo woo on you with mindset and all that kind of stuff yeah having those tough conversations with yourself and with whoever else you're responsible for financially it's that's key so I don't yeah. know if I answered any question or just. Yeah, you absolutely did. I thought you were going to go woo-woo on us. Oh, I, you know, if you want some mindset books, man, I got a pile back here of like, who are you as a person? What does that mean for you as an artist? What does that mean for you professionally? Uh, do you ever do you ever feel like you get in a rut of taking in so much content, but then not acting on what you're learning? Absolutely. I, I, and I, I imagine a lot of people do this because all the algorithms are set up this way. Oh, you're interested in this guy's podcast or in this guy's YouTube videos. Here's some other ones that are very similar. And so you suddenly you're watching yeah. five people's YouTube videos about how you need to market things, how you should produce things, how you should practice this cool thing on guitar that you always wanted to learn that <laughs> this is how you do it. And 
you go through those cycles and then you, I, I hit those burnout phases. It's usually about a week or a week and a half and you hit the burnout where you're like, what the hell am I doing? I, this is not what I should be focused on. I have my list, you know, plan the work and work the plan. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I think there's that. And I had an interesting conversation with my wife the other night too. And just about corporate structure and like, it's always built on 10% growth. You must grow 10%, you must grow 10%, but nothing else in nature and life in the world works that way. You know, things, people get born, they get old, they die, they go back into the ground and then they create something else, you know, like all of, I'm getting woo woo on you now. No, no, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's the, you know, it's the circle of life or to everything, turn, turn, turn. Like there should be a season of the next three months I'm focused on creating new songs and the art. And then three months after that, I'm focused on producing and making it sound the best. And then the next three months, it's all marketing, touring, and then we're going to start again. But I... I struggle with, and I think a lot of people struggle with, this is your day-to-day -day task. You know, every day you do these 10 things and that's what's going to give you growth. But that's not the way our brains, our biology is structured at all. It's like start, grow, decay, and then start again, you know? So if I could create that lifestyle, that'd be wonderful. I'll let you know how that goes in the next few months. You know, you bring up, yeah, you said so many great things, so many relatable things. Um, and you know, you're, you're saying, oh, you spend a season writing and a season making it sound good and a season releasing it and touring and then start over. Um, the way things are now, <laughs> wait, I mean, yeah, you, if you look at some of these young content creators, you know, the, even teenagers, that have YouTube channels with millions of followers, they're putting out a new video every week or every day. And they have to, they go through everything you just said all the time. And, yeah. and I, I'm, I wonder with my music and in my life, how I can somehow do that. And it ends up sometimes becoming so overwhelming to the point where I don't do anything because it just, it's coming at me from all angles and I just want to write or just like you're saying, do one yeah. of those things. Well, it's, um, you know, I think you can start to get in the argument of flow state and what, you know, a lot of those YouTubers, unfortunately are burning out and I can totally understand why. I mean, that is, if you're putting out a video every day or even every week, like how are you coming up with the topic and finding something that you're interested in to go deep enough to really where you're getting into like a flow state because once you're in that and that's to me at least that's what art's all about like if i can get in that flow state if i'm writing and all of a sudden i look up and it's 1 30 in the morning i'm like holy shit what, what have i been doing that was awesome yeah or just playing music or whatever it is if you're not in that what kind of content are you putting out and i i think i know i have i'm sure a lot of artists have or the ones that i know have where it's like I wrote this song. It's okay, but I just don't feel it. You know, it doesn't do much for me. What do you think it's going to do for the people who are listening to it? And right. maybe with the YouTube content the way it is, where people are watching for five to eight seconds, maybe people don't care, but maybe it's also because the content isn't that great. Right. Sure. And, and it, in a world where you do get forgotten about if you don't have content coming out all the time, it's tough to find that balance too. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's the, are you trying to appeal to hundred million people? Or are you trying to appeal to a thousand people who really get it? And are you trying to make the connection or are you just trying to be popular? And that's tough because as a, as an artist, you also have pretty good ego probably. <laughs> Right. Those shows. Um, I, I always go back to when I was in high school, I was in this band and we played, we had the Beta Club convention, which is really like a convention for, it's like National Honor Society. So it's all the nerds. But there were 500 kids and our band played in front of 500 kids and I was 16, 17. You're ruined. You're ruined for life over that. Yeah. I just performed in front of 500 people. I can't ever perform for 
10 people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and all, all the listeners. We're going to be looking out for the EP. This, this episode will probably, this is technically a release break from the podcast in the month of August. So the episodes will start coming out again uh, in the next few weeks. So this will actually probably land out very close to your release date. So nice. Awesome. If you're listening, folks go check out uh, the new EP hometown rooted. That'll at least have three singles out by the time this podcast airs. Um, and maybe, maybe Alex will even let us play a song at the end of uh, at the end of the podcast here. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we'll put a song at the end too. Well, thanks for hanging, man. I appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Andy, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. There it is, folks. My conversation with Alex Rhodes. Great dude. Fun convo. And I'm wishing him all the success on his new EP. That's all I got for this week. If you enjoy the podcast, it really helps out if you uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And we're now up on Patreon. Um, Patreon.com slash Andy Sido is what it's under. S-Y-D-O-W. And for as little as $3 a month, you can help contribute uh, to the success of of this podcast. And there's all kinds of little perks included, too. Um, I'm, I'm releasing some tracks that are patreon exclusive releases and lots of lots of little things like that so uh, check that out if you feel so compelled any questions comments concerns hate mail or death threats you can send them to middleclassrockstar at gmail.com thanks again and i hope to see you real soon well i've been hoping you could bring my heart i've been doing what i can here just to play my part showing a plate to pick you up tonight Pushing all the buttons here to pick a fight And we'll drive to my favorite bar And I'll give you the keys to my car I'll tell you that my plan has never been to drive My friends are drunk and waiting on us to arrive And I'll be all smiles and laughs And you'll be sitting in the back You take me by the hand and say you want Yeah.